Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing simple boundaries and exit strategies. Hello, y'all. Happy holidays. Some of what I'm about to share in this episode may sound a little like, huh, duh, Nikki, why are you laying out these obvious strategies? And here is why. When we're not triggered, when we're sitting here having a lovely chat, our best thinking is available. But when a people pleaser, a recovering codependent person, someone who is a childhood chaos and trauma survivor of emotionally immature parenting, as we relate to other people, we get lost in the energies of the expectations of others. As we're beginning and moving through our recovery from our childhoods, we can hold a lot of fear of other people pushing back, of rejection, of judgment, even shame. In dysfunctional family systems, we are conditioned and programmed to be controlled by the system's expectations. Healing actually becomes a journey of taking our personal power back from this dysfunctional programming. Our psychology is not logical, y'all. It is psychological, which means it sometimes defies logic. So things that are obvious that make us think, duh, what's wrong with me? That should be the easiest thing. Like if I want to leave, I can stand up, gather my things and leave. I'm an adult for God's sakes. But in the moment of our people pleasing becoming triggered, we leave our awareness and the people pleasing forces tend to take over. In healing, we're learning how to hold our own, how to not allow those old people-pleasing programs to run and take over, which keeps us in the dysfunction, in survival mode, instead of in safety, thriving, and our adult wise woman or wise man selves. So number one that I have for you today, when it comes to reasonable personal boundaries, simple boundaries, and simple exit strategies is to just know that you can always, always, always gather your things, 
allow yourself to move towards an exit and then cross the threshold of that exit and actually leave. Now to do so, we let go of what others will think. Because the truth is that other people may think nothing about us or they may think a whole lot about us. We don't need to be trapped by our awareness of that, by our fears about what may come when people observe and judge us. We really can let go of what others think because the truth is that healthier people, more grounded people, people with more emotional intelligence and maturity, they will likely think if they see you just leave an event when you're ready to leave an event, wow, I'm glad I got to see her or him. They left when they were ready. Cool. It's just no big thing because they're very connected to doing what they need to do to take care of themselves. So they look through that lens and just see you taking care of yourself. It's all good. It's all okay. People who have less healthy dynamics, who are very committed to all kinds of judgment, they're just going to judge, y'all. You don't have to try to control that. It's better to just learn to allow it to roll off of our backs. This is where we can practice radical acceptance for what we can't control. But what we can control is getting out of there right when we're ready to get out of there. The deeper truth of this simple assertion that I'm offering you to just stand up and leave, to to get up and leave, is that your gut knows. Your gut knows. And healing is about allowing you to act from your gut instead of hear what your gut has to say, like get out, get out while the getting out is good. And then ignoring that and going to our heads and overthinking, confusing ourselves and getting ourselves lost. And while we're lost, we're just in old patterns. All right, second tip that I have for you. Before you go to any event, whether that's a holiday event, whether that's a work party, whether that's family, maybe there's a neighborhood party, wherever you're going, whatever you're asked and called to do, whatever you yes, pre-decide before your body is in any energies that are right there in front of you, maybe shaking your hand or giving you a hug, pre-decide a reasonable limit. You know yourself very well. You know if you have the propensity to have enough juice for an event, enough juice to people. I often say, I am done peopling for the day. I don't have any more peopling in me. You do know your own reasonable limits around what I call peopling. So pre-decide a reasonable limit. We often advise this in harm reduction strategies when it comes to alcohol or drugs. In these models, we work not to never ever drink again or use again, but to bring harm reduction as we use. This means pre-deciding that you're going to have one drink or two, pre-deciding that you're going to drink a full glass of water between any and all alcoholic beverages to slow down alcohol ingesting into your body to give your body a chance to process it so that you don't get out of control internally or externally. 
and overextend your own reasonable limits. So if we can do this with things like alcohol, why would we not do this with things like time, especially as highly sensitive people? So we can enact time limits, time boundaries, and this results in your inner child feeling safer with you at the helm. This helps your adult nervous system center ground and stay calm and integrated instead of activated, nervous, anxious. Whenever anything feels unending, no stopping point, it's always going to be harder to endure. Think about the concept of getting grounded. Now, even if you didn't grow up getting grounded, to conceptualize this with me, it's very different if we ground somebody and hear, oh, you're grounded for two weeks. Even if that feels very, very long and unfair, hey, it's two weeks, it's a chunk of time. It means there's a beginning and there's an ending. I can endure that, is what our psychology says. It's how our psychology receives this time period, two weeks. Imagine what it feels like to hear, ah, you're grounded until you learn your lesson. Without that time limit, without that ending point, that feels endless. And that makes it so much harder to move through, to endure, to live through, to experience. We might as well be grounded forever because it feels like forever. It feels endless. Offer yourself endings. Offer your inner child endings. This creates a safe container instead of an endlessness around an event. If you are an introvert, a social event also needs an end. It needs that end parenthesis of a time ending because you're introverted. Extroverts get their energy from spending time with people. And my extroverts, you can be an extroverted introvert. So you're balancing these different forces, different times, different days, different seasons. You're going to have different energy levels for a variety of reasons. This is also why therapy sessions are typically 50 minutes or a couple's or family session is 90 minutes. This is typical in mental health to create a safe container around the therapeutic work. A safe container has a start and a stop. A container of soup has a maximum it can hold. The container of you has a maximum that it can hold too. Can you see how a lot of dysfunctional family dynamics try to teach us that we don't have any limit or we don't have any right to any limit? The container of you, of who you are, does contain some kind of maximum time limit, some kind of maximum amount of peopling that you can do in any given day or moment. Stop pretending you were either supposed to be an extreme extrovert because other people want you to be and start respecting yourself with real time limits. Don't expect yourself to be some kind of robot that has endless energy for other people. I love people. I love this work that helps people help themselves and grow and shed what no longer serves them. I love people in the human condition. My love for people does not result in me magically having more energy for people. So we want to get real with ourselves and our healing. When you give yourself this kind of time limit, this end timing, 
it's still true that if you're at an event and you're enjoying yourself, you can always extend your own time limit. Because if it feels satisfying, pleasurable, enjoyable, why wouldn't you extend it? And in the same regard, you hold the power and the permission to shorten, to lessen that time frame. And if the experience feels taxing, draining, stressful, icky in any way, why would you stay the original time you intended or even longer? Why would you not shorten it? It's very simple and very reasonable, and yet people pleasers massively struggle with this, especially when it comes to socializing. If it feels light and right, yes to more. If it feels heavy and wrong, no to more. So simple, so reasonable. Don't confuse yourself here. Allow the simplicity. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. All right, here's here's my third thing I want to share with you, my third tip. Now, I will always advocate that in the shades of gray of truth and privacy, we have room to not just find but build up our courage to get more and more assertive. And I do believe that assertiveness is healthy. And to be too passive just sets us up to be used and doormatted by the world. Now, some of us naturally have a temperament that leans more passive or leans more assertive. If you lean more passive, part of your healing as you walk this journey will help you understand about yourself, help you get to know yourself, help you take care of yourself by learning if you've accidentally practiced passivity, maybe even doormatting yourself when in the expectations that others have of you, or if it's more of your natural temperament. I really thought that I was an extremely passive person for the early half of my life. For the later half, I've realized, oh, no, 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 I'm very assertive. And I do believe I was born that way, that it is part of my spirit, my personality, my temperament to assert. I think that's part of why my memories of abuse were were blocked from me, to give me some space and time to grow up so that I could handle better what had been happening to me. Because I believe I would have asserted What was going on, I would have confronted it had I known. Our psychology is so interesting in the ways that it shows us things and covers things and attempts to take care of us, some very useful and helpful, some with some not so helpful side effects. And as we heal, we let go of any negative or unuseful side effects and hold on to what's useful. But even if you lean very naturally, very temperamentally 
and personality-wise, more passive, I do believe this is still a muscle we need. We need an assertiveness muscle. Becoming more assertive, it's not a light switch that flips. It's more like a muscle that builds strength as you use it. Now, I have had the blessing that I didn't intend. It just shook out that way. But I have had the blessing from my career as a therapist in strengthening my end the encounter muscles, my stopping interactions muscles. Because being a therapist in large part is about learning the skill of ending that session at the 50 minute mark, ending that group therapy or support group experience, even if and when someone wants to keep talking or has more to say or has more to process. So being a therapist has forced me to strengthen these very muscles. Now, I don't want you to hear that and go, well, great, I'm not a therapist. How the hell am I supposed to strengthen that muscle? And I don't want you to feel defeated or discouraged by that. I want you to take away from that, that, oh, this really is a muscle. And when you lift those weights again and again and again, it can't help but strengthen. So if I don't have the kind of work or, or an organic thing in my life that offers me day in and day out practicing of Walking away from a conversation, hanging up the phone when you need to go, but you're on the phone with a talker, then I want you to understand that you get to look at life and live life, opening up to these opportunities and possibilities that life gives you to lift these weights, to strengthen these muscles. So how do you do this work? You lean in and you lean in in a big way to each and every life moment that gives you the growth opportunity to leave to stop a conversation or interaction, to get out. You give yourself permission to lift these weights, to practice, to use the experience of life for this practice. And look, it's practice and not perfection. Of course, we're working on getting as assertive as we can be. But in the journey to get there, here is what I offer you for those of you who lean passive and are beginning your work here. Lifting those smaller weights, building into the heavier weights. If it's just too bold right now to get up and leave, to say, I'm ready to go and here I go. Here's an in-between. But I don't want you to use this in-between as a crutch for the whole rest of your life. I want you to use it as the intermediary weights to the bigger weights that you are building up being able to lift. So here's the strategy. Have a trusted friend, someone from your support system. Have them call you at a designated time at your predetermined time limit that you have already set for yourself so that you have a constructed interruption that helps you find the permission to let go of your old programming that says, I better stay at this event till the end or my family's going to get upset. You can negotiate with your friend what you'd like them to say when you answer. Maybe something like, hi, this is your call. Remember, you decided that this was enough time at this event, and we have pre-planned a date to talk in just a couple minutes. You ready to walk out to your car or walk outside and grab an Uber? Give me a call. Then you get to say to people in your event, ah, I just got a phone call and I, I need to go handle something. It was so nice to see all of you. 
Sorry for cutting it short. This is a way to start showing yourself that you can, in fact, leave. Sometimes we want it all pre-figured out and we want it to all feel A-OK before we do a thing. And the truth is, things start to feel more reasonable, more accessible after we see ourselves experience some things. Think about a little kid with a bicycle. It's really hard to look at that bicycle when you haven't figured out how to ride one yet. And trust that you could ever ride one without training wheels or without a parent holding the back of the bike. But once you know how to ride a bike, it's pretty easy to ride a bike once you know. Assertiveness is similar. I hope you're willing to give yourself a chance and real solid permission to stair step into more and more and more assertiveness, more and more and more permission to act against original dysfunctional programming to grow into reprogramming yourself with more healthiness, more useful toolage, if you will. When your inner child sees you doing what you need to do for yourself, which is different than you want, like I want to have endless energy for everybody in the world. I don't have endless energy for every human being that might want to interact with me. When you're inner child watches you taking care of yourself in such reasonable and real ways, your inner child can exhale, can let go of trying so hard to figure everything out and not make mistakes because he or she trusts that grown up you, wise woman, wise man you is willing to make these decisions, is willing to strengthen these areas that can use some strengthening. It's not necessarily about becoming captain assertive if you lean passive. It's just about your adult self dealing with the simple reality that dealing with other human beings out there assertively is smart. It's useful and it's a better strategy sometimes than what might be more natural or a trauma induced and programmed passive style. This really is not about you becoming someone else. It's about you becoming a healthier, more effective you with better, more useful, more energy efficient tools. And assertiveness is a more energy efficient tool than passivity. Don't we update our homes with more energy efficient appliances? Why wouldn't we grow, remodel and update ourselves with more energy efficient strategies? Especially considering that exhaustion and overwhelm are in a highly sensitive person's top three complaints. The fourth tip I have for you is to practice enoughness and to really embody practicing. If you haven't already, come listen to the last Patreon live stream from December of 2023. It's on the good enough principle. It is your job in healing to decide and define what enough is for now. Enoughness next week, next year, five years from now will be calculated differently because you will be different. You get to decide and define enoughness now. Let's think about a wedding as an example. Think of the options we actually have when we're invited to a wedding. One, we can totally ignore it and not go at all and not do anything. That is an option. 
Don't pretend like it's not. And don't just pile a bunch of shame on that option. It's an option. Allow it to be a neutral option. Two, we could send a gift or not. It's a level of participation to consider. Three, we could go to just the ceremony of a wedding then just peace out. It's enough. Fourth option, we could just go to the reception and skip the ceremony. Fifth option, we could go to the whole thing, stay at the reception. We could stay and dance and participate in all the wedding traditions. Or we could just show our face at the reception and scoot on out of there, quick-like. We can stop bringing the all or nothing to so much with so much pressure to get it right. There isn't one right. There's what you can do in a reasonable way. That's it. You are the decider of enough. If you give that power away, you are disempowering yourself. Empower yourself by holding the truth of you getting to be the decider of your own adultness, your own one precious life. This is very important to me in healing. You, me, anybody growing up with a lot of difficulty or or unsafety with parenting, there's not a one of us who grew up in dysfunction who could have decided enoughness as we were a child. I couldn't make my parents stop fighting. I couldn't say enough, stop that before they got violent with each other. I couldn't say enough when my mother was screaming an inch from my face, her spittle getting on my face. I just had to endure because I was small and so was my power and they were big and so was their power. This to me is the significant difference between child and adult. Who cares about the difference in age and numbers? Is that really the only difference you're considering in terms of child versus adult? Come on. The difference that's important isn't in the years lived. It's in our power. And if we were largely made powerless, disrespected, our sensitivities disregarded as children, your adult self has so much more power and it is allowed to step into that power. Even if you were programmed to believe that you are not allowed that power. I hope you allow yourself to step into your rightful adult power. What could possibly be wrong about that? Only if we have lived through the dynamics of someone trying to exert way too much power and control over us, do we even have an iota of feeling or thought that we're not allowed to step into our adult power and make our own choices? Step into your rightful power as an adult. This is what will help your inner child feel safe. Not when your mom, your dad, or your sibling, or your brother-in-law, your mother-in-law, or whoever, or your boss. Not when they get better behavior. But when you take care of yourself from your adult power. Your inner child can relax, can exhale. When your adult self steers your life, guides you from your hard-earned wisdom instead of your dysfunctional childhood programming. If you're not stepping into your adult power, to make the decisions for your life, who are you giving that power to? Respect yourself as you celebrate, as you congregate. 
find reasonable boundaries to honor your very reasonable human limits. Remember, not a one of us are some kind of robot that can just go and go energizer bunny style. Respect yourself to love yourself. I want the holiday season to offer you opportunities to strengthen muscles that can carry you through all the decisions of this life. I don't want the holidays to just be a battalion of stress and people pleasing. We are practicing lots, whether we are mindful or not. Be mindful and intentional, and you will begin to see returns on the compounding interest of your healing growth work because you have invested massively in yourself to have gotten all the way to here, to listening to this show, to being here with me, you, me, and my voice. I know you have invested massively in yourself to be able to get all the way to here. And I know it's hard in those moments where you're wondering, I don't know if these investments are paying off. Keep going. This is the holiday gift that I hope for you is that you put into motion so much self-love and self-respect that your inner child just relaxes and melts into your authority while you let go of that old authority that dysfunctional programming has held over you for so long. Check out the exclusive Patreon episode at the $5 level at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. It's a sister episode to this one. And you can check out the live stream that I mentioned in this episode. It's a live stream Q&A. Enoughness, then the good enough principle. That's at the $10 level in our Patreon. We are proud to be a part of Airwave Media. Go to Airwave Media to check out all of their other podcasts. I'm an emotional badass, you are an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love. Take care of yourselves as you say goodbye to 2023. I'll see you right here for a brand new episode next week. Take care. Bye-bye. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.